For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Corey Chavis edition of Believe in Vikings. He is joining our show along with Bryant McKinney and Ron from Eden Prairie, our usual host, and then Cora from the Twin Cities. She's joining us too. She's filling in for Sally tonight. Sally is off for the evening. But Corey Chavis, that's on the docket. We're going to talk about the state of the Vikings, just like the state of the Union last night. We're going to go through the state of the Vikings, talk about some free agency stuff. That's what we're doing. I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, But here is what we have from Bet Online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam, as well as pro and college basketball. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired head coach is going to land, Bet Online is number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV, believe, to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet online is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right on down to that Olympic coverage. They covered that too. From sports to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online, where the game starts. So we are on Believe in Vikings tonight. We have a couple new guests. Uh, I want to start with Corey Chavis, who played for the Vikings for four seasons. They were conveniently lined up with the start of Bryant McKinney's career. So these two, these two go way back. So, uh, Corey, what have you been up to lately? Well, I've been, uh, I guess, really since I retired, uh, for the most part, I've been working for CBS. Uh, I've been doing a lot of college football games for them. And um, I've also been just running my uh, doing a publication uh, covering the draft. Uh, We're kind of doing that for 20 plus years now. But you're going to plug it for us. I'm sorry. Nasty. Yeah. Let's plug it. (laughs) That's what's up. I appreciate that plug. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been doing. All right. Excellent. Corey Corey has been Corey has been studying the draft since he was a player. Like when I came out, he was telling me about myself and everything. Like, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he was the name of names, and he could tell you about them in high school when they didn't afford it all. And I was so amazed. Like, hey. I always remember that too. Um, especially, you know, Corey, nice to meet you. My name's Ron. Um, your earlier, like when you were on with PA, um, you know, kind of the start of that venture post-retirement now, uh, like cerebral you've always been. And I know you always talked about film study and kind of how you get all that while you were a player and how that translates to, um, to your draft analysis, which I always found enlightening because most draft sites that you look at, whether it's, you know, CBS, ESPN, whatnot, it's always like the same list of players. Whereas with yours, it was, it, there was always 
a lot of uniqueness to it where there was someone that you'd see in the top that you wouldn't see in other ones. And, you know, I remember like getting your draft guide back in the day uh, and kind of looking at um, looking back at it after the draft happens, kind of see what happened and um, to see how right more often you were than not on some of those as uh, compared to other guys. I always thought it was a, uh, it was impressive work. So uh, I've been following you since, yeah, way back when so your early days of PA. So I'm um, always good stuff. No, I mean, I really appreciate that. I appreciate you even uh, uh, getting the publication at all. But, I, I, you know, you one thing about this, you only remember what you get wrong, right? Right. <laughs> at least that's, 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 I think that's one of the things that I always probably concentrate more on are the ones you get wrong if, and the reasons why. I think that's something that uh, teams have to, you know, really take a look at. Well, we definitely didn't get Bryant wrong. <laughs> that was the one that was – that was the easy one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Mount McKinney in uh, in college was a uh, was a big deal. So and in the pros. <laughs> All right, Cor- Cor- Cora, this is your first time on the show. You're from the Twin Cities. Tell us about how you became a Viking fan. Then we'll get started with some of these meaty Vikings topics after that. Um, I've been a Vikings fan my whole life. Yeah. Uh, pretty much ever since I was little. My grandparents used my uncle's in the Peace Corps. My grandparents used to, like videotape it and send it to him <laughs> over in like you know wherever it. he was located. So like. Literally, it's been ingrained into me since I was just a little tot. So okay, and then your level of fandom now—are you are you kind of obsessed? Like, um, obsessed. Like Obsession okay. would be really good. Okay. Um, borderline taking over my life. <laughs> well, so, we'll take it. During the season, it's like football Sundays, Thursdays, Mondays, and then my kids are like, "Do we have to watch more football all day long?" And I'm like, "Yes." And then like every other day of the week, it's, you know, kind of normal, but it's borderline obsession now. Good, good. That's what we want. My two-year-old daughter's like that. Even like if she comes down, um, if there's anything on TV, it's dad, a no watch football. (laughs) So change that. Even though she like when she sees purple or she sees the Vikings logo, she says skull, which, you know, is a proud dad moment. But uh, um, she like, she doesn't like when I watch it on TV all the time. I, I'm like more of a crazy fan than they are, obviously, but I put a picture up and tag Dalvin Cook in with his little, um, we're part of the kids club and they give you the, oh, yeah, yeah. the aprons. And so I put a picture up and he quote tweeted it and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And I gave it to my kids and they're like, oh, cool. <laughs> I was like, oh, they'll, they'll I come guess, around. They I guess will. I'm more excited than they are, but no, they'll come around. They, they don't really understand Twitter yeah. either. So I hear but. it. All right, Ron. So last night in the real world, we had the State of the Union speech uh, where Joe Biden preached a message of unity and um, hopefully get get things ironed out with the pandemic and whatnot. So I wanted to be apropos with the first topic tonight, sir. I want you to give us a State of the Union speech on the Vikings. Tell me, Ron, the state of the Vikings in your opinion. Well, um, obviously, you know, the, all the changes that we've had, um, I think from news that's come out in different articles and kind of the reality that was within the last eight years um the the change that has taken place is one that seems to be well warranted and the personalities that are in those positions seem to be um just trending in the right direction um so i think that from the top level down there's a lot of anticipation on that front and uh you know there's a lot of gray area roster changes and uh, and whatnot that'll be coming with the draft and uh and free agency um but i think enlightening is kind of the word that that comes to my mind where 
you kind of, I feel like there's a lot of faith in the front office and it seems like it's unified along Vikings Twitter, at least that they trust whatever it is that they're doing. Um, whereas up to this point, there's been a lot of back and forth and, uh, you know, whether it's Spielman, Zimmer, um, or whatever the case may be, there was a lot of divisiveness, kind of like the real world, um, with other areas, but it seems like there's that unification of, Hey, we like what we have here with uh, with Quasi and with uh, with Kevin O'Connell, and um, I think trust is a word that we haven't had um, from the entire fan base um, in the, the organization for a while, and that to me um, bodes well, and it gives a lot of uh, you know a lot of lots to look forward to. I hear you. All right, Corey. So I'm going to make a small assumption that you still care about the Vikings and follow them somewhat closely. Tell me your state of the Vikings, good sir. Well, I think uh, overall, uh, the big thing for the Vikings and in terms of what happened with the last regime is that when you're a defensive coach, the defense has to play at a certain level. And I think Mm -hmm. that that was kind of uh, whether it be injury in 2020 and then last year, maybe uh, just trying to find the right combination of pieces in the back end. I think Anthony Barr, uh, he's an unrestricted free agent, but he kind of came back to life at times. Uh, You got to make a decision on both him. Uh, and, and some other people in your linebacker core, like uh, Vigil as well, you know, as another unrestricted free agent. So, you know, what you do in terms of the, the decisions with Danielle Hunter is going to be important. Uh, for, for me, I think you got to let him be a, the, your stalwart and get somebody opposite him. Uh, but I think defense is the way to go, you know, going into the draft. I think um, you hit home uh, last year. Uh, really with, you know, finding find a really good kickoff returner in Kane and Wangu. I think he was, you know, pretty good. Uh, took two to the house. Uh, mm-hmm. And offensively, uh, K.J. Osborne and Tyler Conklin, who, once again, now you're talking about somebody that's a free agent. Uh, those guys kind of came to light and supplemented your passing game even more. So uh, Alexander Mad- Madison took a little bit of a step back, but I think there's some positive pieces overall for the Vikings. Uh I just think it comes down to finding the right pieces on defense. B Mac, your state of the Vikings. My state of the Vikings, I definitely feel like the defense, um, you know, especially by the regime being a defensive minded thing. I feel like the past two years, the defense, um, you know, wasn't doing as good. Um, I know somewhere in the second or third round, hopefully they get a guard though for the offensive line uh, to still try to help put that together. Um, and that's pretty much it. My state of the Vikings is very simple. It is a honeymoon and it's going to remain a honeymoon (laughs) until the team has their first loss. Uh, I don't think there's a single damn thing that Quasi or Kevin O'Connell could do this off season that folks are going to be ticked because they can justify it on the backbone of change and a fresh voice or fresh brain in the room. So I'm going to love it. I love the, the somewhat unified feel of this, which will, which will be, They'll be healing. Whatever is decided on Kirk Cousins here in the coming weeks, there'll have to be some healing because one side will be like, uh, but that's how it goes. But I really think we're in the honeymoon phase that we haven't really had in eight seasons. So I'm going to bask in it and then uh, we'll watch the curtain come down after the first loss, whenever that may be. Hopefully it's November-ish. Something It'll be a like. meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then everybody will have to go. No, no, I think we'll have some patience. These guys are so cool. That's one thing I've tweeted a couple times in different words is each leader, this team has rolled out. There's been like a, holy, holy crap, this guy's cool. And I try to think, am I just thinking this because he's with the Vikings? Like, no, this guy is really inspirational. So it's cool that the ownership has taken a step back 
and just swung that uh, Zimmer pendulum in the opposite direction. Uh, Cora, give us your state of the Vikings. Um, I'm going to touch on the Kirk Cousins thing a little bit. Sure. Um, I'm actually really excited for just the little tidbits they've given us. Um, obviously, it's not very much, and everyone can take their own opinion off of them. But I think I feel like this is the first time that they've actually talked about like Kirk Cousins and the quiet mind, and like really working with him on his mindset. And I feel like with him working with Zimmer, the defensive god is, that he was, um, and kind of starting that process a little bit and working with him a little bit more because they say he's the most accurate passer. Like they say when things are going well, he's great. When things fall apart, they aren't great. I am really reassured that they're like talking about his mental game more and like working with him on that. So like, I feel, I don't know if he's ever had that where people have addressed it before. I didn't follow him in Washington I'm sorry, but they've never talked about that here. They've always said it, but I don't feel like it's been anything, I guess, that I trusted. Maybe they have worked on it. I don't know. But I feel more reassured now because it's they're, they're talking about it and they're saying it's something that they want to do. Um, and I just feel like they all kind of have more of a similar mindset, like they're analytical, but they're football guys where like, you know, Zimmer was a football defensive guy. I don't know. I feel like this might be really, really good. And I might eat my words, who knows, but I'm really like, I'm never, I was never like a Kirk Cousins. Mm, let's go. But I always was like, yeah, this is cool. So I'm excited to see where this goes because I just feel like they could mesh really well. The honeymoon phase, you know, I, I would run through a brick wall. Like they said, like you guys have said, I would run through a brick wall for these guys now. I think that uh, I think the idea for now, unless Cousins is traded, is that if they can do it with Stafford, who is a habitual loser in Detroit, then the mindset is they can do it with Cousins. Cousins may not have the swagger, be as cool as Stafford, um, but I think that's the working theory. And I don't know why O'Connell allows a microphone to come before him at all, because every single time he gets in front of a microphone, a reporter says, what are you going to do with Kirk Cousins? And for Christ's sake, he's the coach. He doesn't he doesn't pull the trigger on that. Right. Like his boss does. Um, but it's funny that every opportunity, uh, he usually says something complimentary about Cousins and then has to preface it with like, but, you know, I'm the coach and whoever's the quarterback, I'll work with them, blah, blah, blah. In, in that vein, Corey, um, very reasonably, Cousins could be traded if his price tag was too high. Um, in, in that case, the Vikings would be forced to contemplate their future, and that usually involves the NFL draft. And because you're a draft brain, I want to know from your perspective, is this draft really as shitty as we're told for quarterbacks? You know, I, I don't think so. I, I think that there's, a, I mean, if you remember a couple years back, you know, they said that. Justin Herbert, you know, was was shouldn't go that high, right? You know what I mean? So you always have these maybe kind of a, a kind of an overanalyzation, I think, sometimes at the position. Uh remember, I mean, he went after Tua Tonga Baloa. So I, I do think that there's some context that needs to be put into place. I do feel like uh each one of these quarterbacks has some flaws. Uh, but I, I do I do I think the class overall is a little bit stronger than people are are maybe making it out to be. Do you th- so as of late, I'd say the last six to 10 or one to 10 years in the past, it seems like quarterbacks are dragged into the top 15 based on need because every team wants to find a Mahomes or I guess now a Burrow. And I think the mentality is, is that some teams are going to reach for Malik Willis at 11 or something like that when in a year's 
prior, he could have gone in the second round. Do you share that philosophy or do you really think that these, the Matt Corrals and Kenny Pickett, like they're bona fide first rounders? Well, I think when you you, you make you bring up a good point because it, it really for me it comes down that a lot of times it's the athleticism and mm-hmm. uh, do you have star athleticism? Which again we talked about Herbert a second ago he did. Uh, if you think about why EJ Manuel went first overall at the quarterback position, 16th I believe, to Buffalo back <laughs> in 13, it was because he he fit he checked the boxes when it came to physically. Uh, you know, can you be the part? You know, at that position, and I think that's where you find. Uh, obviously you have Tom Brady and you you have guys that can still do it from the pocket, but I think some of those guys get pushed more towards the top uh, of these drafts. And I think that's why as it gets closer, that's why you hear more and more mm-hmm. about Malik Willis. Although I think Kenny Pickett is a vastly underrated athlete overall, um, and particularly in his ability to elude and escape and be able to uh, do some things on the move and, and the pocket mobility. But for all the mobility of Willis, 52 sacks, 129th in the nation this year, and a fumbling maestro. Uh, he, he fumbled five times against Virginia Tech in 2020. I actually announced one of his games this year as one of his better career games, but uh, he, he's got to do a better job with ball security. Okay. Now, Corey, from your experience as far as, like, obviously last year, Trevor Lawrence was widely viewed as generational talent, you know, the first since Andrew Luck in that category, and he had a very underwhelming year. Now, obviously, there was a lot going on in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer and just overall team aspect of it. How much weight do you put in evaluating these players that where their success would be based on where they end up or what coaching staff they end up in, as opposed to overall talent, like say Dak Prescott's an example where he's a fourth round pick went to Dallas sitting behind Romo beat him out. And, um, and obviously, you know, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. So what are your thoughts on that? I think you bring up an excellent point. I mean, let's don't forget that Colin Kaepernick went in the second round. Uh, Andy Dalton went in the second round. That was the same draft where you had, you know, guys more, you know, much more ballyhooed at the top. <laughs> but the, the point I'm making is both of those guys had success and went to the playoffs for those respective teams. And, and Kaepernick went to a Super Bowl and got beat by your man B. <coughs> but, <laughs> but at the end of the day, my, I think your point is so valid. And Lamar Jackson won the MVP in his second year. A lot of the times those guys, Mac Jones this year, he ends up being the last quarterback out of that group but he had the most success. So I think you, you make an excellent point. And if you, if you put these guys in those pressure situations, like, like Zach Wilson was last year in New York, and you kind of, you kind of like trying to revert back to some of those old habits, some of those hero type plays, uh, then you, you end up having problems with injuries. He, he could not stay upright all year. At least that's the one thing Lawrence was able to do for the most part was stay upright. Brian, tell us flashback to your, I guess, draft cycle, if you would, for a minute. In March 2002, if you, 20 years ago, um, I was about to graduate from high were school. Were the combines or, the, or, or the draft? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, either one. Uh, I wanted to know what you were – this is my, my question, the stupid lead-up. Uh, what, what, what were you doing in March in the lead-up to your draft? You are ready for the combine. <laughs> <laughs> the combine is this week. <laughs> yep, it is. It's this weekend. So, yeah, um, going out there to participate in nothing. Because <laughs> at the time, <laughs> University of Miami, we didn't participate. <laughs> we, oh. did, we did a combine at Miami, so they would give speeches. And like, yeah, if you like some of these other schools, but like you don't have to do anything at the combine. You know, some people may miss out on you guys. We just won the national championship. We knew you were coming to see us. 
But that was the thing with the school. So they like that was a thing. They they were like, don't go up there and perform. Like you run up, you practice at 40 here, they're coming, they're gonna come see. So we had to stick together and just not do anything. But they gave us a hard time, but we just didn't do it. So then why why did you go? Just because to an appearance? We went, we went because we had to take the Wonder League test. So it's different ah. things you had to get to get physicals and things like that done there. Okay, I see. But far as performance, we didn't do any performance. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, Corey, a question that came to mind when you were talking about uh, your thirst or your enthusiasm for the draft is, did, did you have that dating back to your like senior year in college? Did you were you able to project where you were going to go? I'm going to interrupt for just a second and talk about NordVPN, N-O-R-D. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online. And with all of these threats that are out there that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering fast connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With Nord's VPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at under $400 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by using nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code B-L-E-A-V, that's believe, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, NordVPN. Yeah, actually, I got it right. I, I was doing the draft. I got the, well, I got that right. I mean, that's not that's not really good because I, I went, I predicted I would fall out of the first round, and that's exactly what happened. But um, yeah, I've been covering it. You know, my uncle played in the NFL for a long time, and I actually was a ball boy in the Broncos training camp back in the early 90s when Elway and all those guys were there. So I used to do the little stuff back then with him. I would always follow their draft to see what uh what who they would take. And uh, that's one of the big discussions that me and him still have to this day. Uh, because remember, when Elway went in 1983, you know, he's basically told, uh, as y'all all know, that, you know, I'm not going to play for Baltimore. And that's how that's how the whole Chris Hinton trade went down and he ended up getting to Denver. So uh, that was something that reminded that in that class, actually, that Elway was in was probably one of the best quarterback classes of all time. Yeah, I, I agree emphatically. Um, what about the, the Vikings 12th pick? Assuming they don't trade it, um, they have glaring needs on defense, like you said at the top of the show. Do you formally predict that it will be a corner or an edge rusher, or do you need to you know get a couple weeks closer to the draft before you can opine? Oh, no, I can I can give, you know, they, they could trade out of it. So mm-hmm. I mean, we never know what they're going to do. But um, I, I do think that, you know, somebody like uh, – Somebody that maybe somebody's not thinking about that would be a compliment to somebody like I'm more of like, how does it fit? And so to compliment somebody, for example, that probably wouldn't be in all these mock drafts would be like Jermaine Johnson. If he can have a good workout and kind of bring himself up to that point uh, in the draft, I think he would be a good compliment to Hunter. I think that can help your your the, some of the guys you've drafted before, like Dantzler. Uh, you, when you've got some pieces, you're going to still have to end up, end up increasing your depth in the secondary. Maybe attack that later because you're not going to maybe be able to get a, a pass rusher like him or some type of pass rusher. That's where I would go first. And then I would, you know, get the secondary help later. 
And there what are your thoughts on uh, like obviously with um, Sauce Gardner and uh, Stingley, kind of at least the top two guys with the big physical corners and the length that they bring. Um, and I know obviously David Ojabo is a name that um, that I like with his athleticism. But as far as like a day two guy, um, the Minnesota kid, uh, boy. Boy, Muff, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, like, what are your thoughts on him and his potential fit? Um, now, in my mind, I was looking at it when we had uh, Andre Patterson as the D-line D guru that's out there. So now I don't know um, how the development's going to come on these guys. So maybe taking a first-round talent would be a better bet. Uh, but what are your thoughts on him and what um, he projects at the next level? Well, I think he has an opportunity as long as he continues to develop, you know, his pass rush variety. I think he'll blow it up this weekend, or and I think people will go crazy about that. But he already kind of knew he would do that. I thought he had a decent senior bowl week. But overall, one of the things about him that I think has improved, I thought he got a little bit better in terms of being able to come up with a secondary pass rush counter. I remember a couple of years back, I came actually came up to Minnesota and watched him play against Penn State. He had a sack in that game, but a little bit ordinary, I thought, at times, just being creative. But uh, in terms of his power, uh, he can hold up against the run pretty well. He's got strong hands. Uh, and I think he has to do a little bit better job of understanding some of the ways in which an offense will attack him. Uh, and I think he'll admit that when you talk to him that, you know, his football IQ has to improve. But, you know, he's getting better and he has a lot of upside. Cora, we are less than two weeks away from free agency beginning or the legal tampering starting, and the Vikings are in the fourth worst cap spot in the league, $15 million underwater or um, over the cap, so to speak. So here's my question. the There has to be a domino that starts, whether it's somebody waived or somebody traded. Um, kind of like today, the Giants started cutting some of their stuff, and that was Kyle Rudolph, and he won't, he won't play for the Giants anymore. He's a free agent, so... Uh, we're all kind of, you know, we had the big the breaking news with Quazy and uh, Kevin O'Connell, and now we're waiting on on news of the first free agency domino. So I want you, uh, ma'am, to predict what will that be? You know, as much as I hate to see it, say it, I bet Barr's gone. Yeah. Mm. Especially with the few interests that he has, and one being LA, I bet he's gone. Even though he still has that that free void year that we still pay, but I bet he's gone. Well, you stole mine. That's the one I think <laughs> kicks it off. I hate to say it, and it pains me to say it because I I love the Bar Kendricks duo, mm -hmm. and he was like, I think he was the first official draft that I like actually paid attention to and watched instead of just kind of like, oh cool, yeah, we got someone. So yeah. it was like this, the start of the Zimmer era sure, and exactly. all that. And I, I liked Zim, but as much as I hate to say it, I think he's gone next year. What I will regrettably remember um, from perhaps his final season is he had, among many, two phenomenal plays this year that should have won football games. The mm. one against the Ravens in overtime. Yes. was like acrobatic as hell and that should have ended it. Yep. And then the one or a couple against the Rams, which was a very winnable game, but we were in that vanilla offense mode, which showed up like every other game and two plays that for an ordinary Zimmer Vikings team from 2014 to 2019 would have been deal sealers. That was it. 
Um, but they were bungled. And especially that Ravens one in overtime, I, that game, <laughs> the felt, delay of game to follow. Cause they weren't ready to get <laughs> on the field. It felt <laughs> that game for some reason, I, I think it was just emotionally at a spot for the Vikings where you were still weren't sure if they were even any good, but then they tease you. And at that moment I was like, I think I had lost hope they were going to win that game. And then he had that play and I'm like, good God almighty. We're going to win this game. We're back. And then, of course, it was, I think, was it three and out on there? <laughs> Whatever yeah. it was. Oh, my goodness. So. And then they wanted to establish the run when it's, uh, you know, in the red zone in the fourth quarter instead of going for the oh, touchdown. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. All right, Ron, give me your predict the first Vikings free agency domino here, offseason domino kind of roster <laughs> domino. So, obviously, I think roster moves will be made before free agency opens. So, um, unfortunately, I, I wouldn't, won't be able to predict, predict someone who I think is going to be joining the team. Uh, but I think Michael Pierce, um, and I think it's strictly um, the salary that he signed and his availability over the last two years. Obviously, can't blame him with, uh, with the COVID year, you know, having asthma and whatnot, obviously being at high risk. I get that. Um, but the salary he makes switching to a three, four, although I think he's in the ideal nose tackle mm-hmm. in a three, four as proven in Baltimore. Um, I think signing Dalvin Tomlinson last year kind of cushions that blow a little bit. Then you have the young guys, the Jalen Twyman's, the, uh, um, Armand Watts and, uh, James Lynch. Um, they'll have a lot of, uh, bodies out there, uh, to play in that front. Um, and I just think that as far as salary goes, he would be the one I, I don't want to see him go. Uh, but I think financially that's the one that makes the most sense. Yeah. I think it boils down to we right now, we wouldn't have quite enough depth for a four, three defense, but somehow we have too much expenditure in the interior D line for a three, four defense. So there's yeah. going to be a casualty. And I think to your point, because Tomlinson had a two year deal, like one of the only guys in the world that would sign with the Vikings last off season for more than one year yeah. was Dalvin Tomlinson. So I agree. Corey, give us predict the first uh, off season roster domino, please. My first offseason roster domino based on the season that he had last year is I think that you'll lose Xavier Woods and he'll sign with somebody. Now, what what is y'all's take on Xavier Woods? Do y'all like him? Do you don't like him? I mean, I, I like him. I like him. I, I do. He has made a lot of plays last year. He was a nice compliment to Harrison Smith, too. He allowed uh, Harrison to do what he does and uh, um, gave that, uh, um, like what when Anthony Harris had that great year a few years back, he man that center field. And the thing about him is he's 26 years old, so you kind of want to see this be, you know, he worked to get to this point, but, you know, with the y'all just talked about it, right? The cap <laughs> situation, you talk about letting some people go. I mean, I don't know if you're going to be able to – maybe he played himself out of out of the realm of possibility. Now, Brian, when you uh, – like being a player at this time of year when there are so many – things up in the air like obviously like we talked about with Kyle Rudolph being released from the Giants and there are those names whether they're veteran names or not now I know you yourself your final year here became I don't know if it was a cap casualty or because you weren't wouldn't restructure but what's that like uh from your standpoint knowing that maybe the guy that lines up next to you or that you practice with across from you that they're not that they might not be there due to strictly finances um, you, you think about it because uh, some of the guys, you know, you kind of build, you know, type of friendship with and um, and you kind of can trust and rely on them. But you also know it's business. Like I told you, my situation is definitely about business. So um, <laughs> at the end of the day, like in the locker room, that's why I say during training camp and stuff, I don't really get to know people until 
we get to the 53-man roster because there's so many people that come in and out. The locker room is just a business thing. And then throughout the year, two people, a lot of people come through. So I think we all just understand once you get to the NFL's business, not college anymore, where you want to be there. Those guys are for sure there for five or six years. It's just business in any given moment. Anybody could be traded or, you know, things can happen. Well, shoot, they getting traded in, co- hey, in college. It ain't like that, though, no boy. You don't know who's in the oh, yeah, They got the portal now. Everybody's moving. And what are you? What are your thoughts on that, Corey? Where like players? I know we've had Roy Williams on in the past. The, uh, the well, both of them, but the safety, particular, particularly from Oklahoma, and talking about it, how you know, like the quarterback from Oklahoma, he was going through, or Rattler, who's going through his tough time, and then basically, you know, went elsewhere. Where, like, how, what are your thoughts? On that. I know you went to Vanderbilt, so you, like you have the educational side as well as the, the academic or athletic side. Um, but guys can just, hey, I don't like it here. I'm going to go somewhere else and see what happens. And it seems pretty like they're moving the players that I have no idea even happens until the season starts. Um, is that something that you, as a player, that you respect, or or is it something that you know guys need to toughen up a little bit more and uh, you know honor their commitments and work through it? Well, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because my coach <laughs> left. I had three coaches in college because we were sorry. So, you know what I mean? Like, basically, at the end of the day, like, um, I think that the players should have the opportunity to go just like the coach has the opportunity to go. And um, I, I feel like it's it's free agency in, in college football now. Um, and it's, it's actually affecting the draft as well. But I think it's really hurting the high school kids. So typically what you would have a, a kid that might go division one is now having to settle for division two or FCS scholarship. So the proliferation of talent is kind of uh, kind of really going through every level of college football, helping out some of the lower levels. But it certainly has impacted the kids and some of them don't even get scholarship offers because of the portal and also the COVID year that's extending for super seniors. So now I will kind of like add to that. So like when it comes to the portal, like I'm fully on board with if a coach leaves, like the player who fall went to, with that coach should have the opportunity. I get that where the, I guess. And again, I never played at eye level, but, and it's not about the junior caller, like college where, you know, Brian, you were a junior college and you went to Miami. That's completely different. Obviously Aaron Rodgers did that too, but like these guys that like get bent somewhere and then don't want to play through adversity. Like say you're at a big school, Ohio state, you get, you can't, work your way into the starting lineup, you get frustrated, you leave. Now, like the way I look at it, you may go to like say a Nevada or something where they're not as big of a school. And now you're taking some other kid's job who worked his ass off to get there. And so that's where I, again, I'm not never been a, been a player, but I look at it as like, you can't deal with it because the coach wants you to work a little harder, or, you know, prove yourself. And now you're going to go and maybe get that opportunity and then maybe transfer right back to an Oklahoma or like one of those powerhouses. Um, so that's where I'm not a big fan of it. So it's kind of turned me off on the college side a little bit as of late, but uh, um, so yeah, it's, I think everything you said is valid, but uh, that those are my thoughts. One quick caveat I want to add to what you just said, which I, I think is, is, is a legitimate points. The players lose their scholarships the minute they enter the portal. That school okay. can now, they, they do not, they're no longer under scholarship. And then the other part that a lot of people don't realize, a lot of these kids don't go anywhere. They end up getting in the portal and no, there's no room for you somewhere else. So they're taking a major risk going into the portal. That side of it, you're hearing about the Jalen Hurts, and the but there's a lot, it's another side to it that's really dark in terms of how some of these kids are making some really poor decisions. And, and it's still, it's kind of, 
it's been bad for college football. Corey, when you left the Vikings um, and you ended up with the Rams, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan Fitzpatrick was on that team. Did you ever imagine that he would stick around this long in the NFL? You know what? He was very talented. Mm -hmm. We had played him that last year with Minnesota. um, And I think that that was one of the times where I was like, he threw five interceptions in the game we played against him, but you you could see even going into that game, he had had a pretty good game against the Texans the week before. You could see he had some talent. Uh, he was very athletic coming out of Harvard. Um, and I think as his career went along, you know, he he actually didn't play like somebody that went to Harvard. He had the swashbuckling gambler style type of uh, playing style uh, that ended up working for him. And I think that, He's one of those injection players. You put him in a lineup, but you know you're going to get a jolt. Uh, just a matter of, you know, the week-to-week consistency. You know, I think he's gotten better with that as his career is going on, but he was always a little more talented, I think, than people. They're kind of thinking about him now as opposed to when he came out of school. Okay. Uh, Cora, on the topic of quarterbacks. So in, in December or so, we started chirping the collective uh, NFL media, started chirping about how this year could also be a quarterback carousel Sort of, kind of, like we saw last year. And the names like Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, um, Carson Wentz now, Kirk Cousins, uh, Kyler Murray for a minute. Um, Those were all floated in there as dudes who might be semi-disgruntled or who might just be moving on. Um, But now it seems like the talk has tapered off and the biggest commodity might be Jimmy Garoppolo or Mitchell Trubisky. Do you still, Cora, foresee to some quarterback movement, some of the big names, or do you think that was all hype? I think that was kind of hype. I think, what was it the other day I, I read that, and this could just be all um, talk, but I didn't the Packers say that there aren't any interests in Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> well, yeah. Chad Graff that put that out? Yeah, it was uh, the the infamous Packers general manager at the Combine uh, reporter yeah. asked him, how many offers has have you received? And he said, nobody's called me about Rodgers. So I don't know if that's just them being them or if last season was a turnup. I, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers. As much as I hate to say it, he's really good. So it surprises me. <laughs> I don't, I don't honestly know, but I don't know if he'll move. I don't know if he'll go. I don't know if there's any team that he would want to go to that would take him because they have a quarterback. So I don't know if he moves as much as it's weird for me to say it. I feel like Mitch Trubisky should get another starting job somewhere because he had so much. Okay. And this was just the preseason. I know like the Kyle Sloter stuff. I'm team Sloter house, but <laughs> I just like he, I feel like he should get one more chance. Oh, he will. We saw the train wreck of um, fields and, you know, I feel like he needs one more chance somewhere where that is. I don't know, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of big name moves, maybe a few little ones. Obviously, Garoppolo's going, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere. There was somebody tweeted yesterday. It was a pretty cool tweet that uh, talked about the underwhelming nature of the draft class has can be summed up by the fact that the NFL media is talking about Mitchell Trubisky. On the right. day, on the day, you should be salivating over seven potential quarterbacks, and the, the talk was, "Well, is Trubisky going to the Commanders, or what's the deal?" And that shouldn't be happening right now. It should be about like a, a week and a half from now. And usually, it's not Trubisky's; it's it's the the other big name. I think with Trubisky, like, and I, I'm going to admittedly say I'm not a fan of his, um, but 
how much of that was really Nagy. And obviously he was, a, what, a, the number three pick overall. Uh, so he has the talent, maybe in the right situation, he could thrive. Um, now, you know, I always looked at him as kind of like Christian Ponder, but, um, you know, maybe he could be, um, you know, with his experience in Buffalo and um, with and with Dable, and maybe he finds the right spot that knows how to utilize his strengths. Um, and, yeah, it, it, I, the tweet I saw where I was like, he might be getting like a $45 million contract and, uh, you know, or for three years or something on the average um, value. And that to me baffles me because it's like, if you tell Vikings fans like, hey, we're going to trade Kirk Cousins and his contract, but we're going to go and give Mitchell Trubisky a lot of money. I'm curious as to what their thoughts would be. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. sorry. It, before we had our head coach, I was chatting and the two quarterbacks that, and I'm going to get vilified for this, the two quarterbacks that I thought would work well would be Trubisky or Mariota if we didn't have Kirk Cousins because we could draft a quarterback, either get like a high draft pick and trade up for this year or get one for next year because I feel like those would equally be as valuable if we had like a bridge quarterback in between. But Trubisky and Mariota had those things that, Kirk Cousins didn't have. Obviously, they're not as talented. I get that. But they before we had our head coach and they talked, you know, we're going to interrupt one more time. I got Athletic Greens. That's our final sponsor. Tons of people are taking multivitamins, but it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75% of high quality, um, excuse me, 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend contains a lot of this stuff uh, and it supports this stuff. Gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and of course, the aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. So reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletics Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements don't have to be evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These are products are not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure, prevent any disease. Just so you know. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Kurt Cousins, I was convinced that we should have Mitch Trubisky yeah. or Marcus Mariota. I think the that would be fine. Don't come at me. I mean, uh, Ron, Dustin, Cora, BMAC, I got it. I mean, and Cora, specifically, what you were just saying, I just want to ask this one question. It seems like y'all have kind of just, is Keller Mon? You got to even mention <laughs> <laughs> we, got, we got zimmered we got zimmered yeah so, okay i'll say i don't I, I mean mond like i think people the way they view mond it's like i think they unfairly view him it's he was a third round pick so everyone knew like he has talent he has all the abilities but he's gonna take time so i like Again, it's like Tavares Jackson when he was drafted, um, where dude had all the tools in the world, but maybe the Childress style wasn't right for him. Uh, you know, drop back West Coast offense when you have this hell of athleticism. Maybe you should find another way to use them. Um, so I'm not willing to give up on Mond yet, but I don't see it within the next year or two as the guy. Um, <clears throat> I know Paul Charchian has always been on PA show and always said, if you don't know you have a backup quarterback or like or a quarterback of the future, throw second, third round picks at him every single year until you find one. And I'm 
fully on that train because you throw a lot of darts at something. Sure. It takes away some draft capital, but you find that one, you find that, you know, Colin Kaepernick in the second round, Andy Dalton, you know, Dak Prescott in the fourth. Now you set yourself up for not only their rookie contract, but you set yourself up for when they do become, uh, you know, that full-time starter with, um, you know, the experience and, and talent level that they have. And Charchian was low on Mon. Remember when he was on he, with us? Yeah. Yep. He wasn't a fan of. <laughs> yeah. So the deal with Mon for me is that, of course, I want to see um, what the new coaches can do with him. But I was, I guess, scarred when, when Zimmer and friends decided he couldn't even be the QB2. Uh, I know that he that Zimmer is notoriously slow, slow rolls rookies, but he'd have a vested interest in having the guy succeed as at least a QB two. And when it was such a no brainer that Sean Manuel would be the QB two, that told me that I need to taper my excitement on Mon. Do you think we're wrong, Corey? Well, wait a minute. I, I gotta I, we we, we got to finish this off, Corey. You gotta get out of this one. <laughs> I so like I said, I was a big Zimmer person, and so I. I'm not into, we watch like the Gophers and the Trojans, the California, what I don't really follow college football, but I watch the Gophers, Minnesota girl. And so I don't, I never didn't watch him in college. I didn't, I sort of watched the draft. I watched, I get really excited about the Vikings when they're in the draft. And so I don't know a lot about him. I listened to a lot of the hype on, you know, him getting drafted, him potentially being really good. And then just the fact that Zimmer was not about him. So I don't know him from college. And so I can't really say, well, what about this and this and this? I, like I said, I really liked Zimmer when he was there for most of the time, obviously up in this last year is kind of a mess, but so I just kind of listened to what he had to say. The reporters never really had a really great feed on him. So, I mean, I, I would be all for seeing if he could do something. I think it's just, He's forgotten because well, before, sorry, before we get so Corey's expert it. opinion on it um, with Mond, I know one of the biggest things on him was um, like mechanics. Um, like obviously he has the arm strength. He has the athleticism. Um, I actually am excited to see him in that backup role or, you know, in that the developmental role with a guy who played quarterback um, and will be able to at least share his insights with them. Now, who knows how it'll work, but I like the odds of a guy who was a third round pick or second or third round pick himself out of San Diego state who I, you know, his 40 time that was, uh, hitting, the the Twitter this week with hit four, six, one. So he's got that sneaky athleticism. Yeah. So maybe, a um, you know, a, a quarterback or a coach who's been a quarterback behind Tom Brady can share, you know, get the most out of Kellen Mond. Um, again, I don't see it being this year, but, down the road, who knows? Maybe he, we have something there. All right, set us straight, Corey. Well, no, I think every, I think what every everything that y'all talked about was legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, you know, he, he, the the particular part that that I was Ron, what you talked about with mechanics, he was very mechanical in school uh, in terms of just some of the stuff that he does are dead in the pocket. But he got a lot better on third down as his career. I was actually at his last career game. And I thought he played, you know, it, it wasn't that much of a departure from the norm. Um, you just don't know unless you're going to let the guy get out there and go through some bumps and bruises. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. And I think you can't really judge that much off of preseason. You know what I'm saying? Like, because some guys have had terrible preseasons in the past. And then in, in the regular season, they've kind of uh, found another gear. 
but I, I do believe that uh, you, I guess y'all's gut instinct right now, I think you're spot on. McKinney has set, echoed what you just said before. Not um, during the 2020 season, he would say that you never know until the lights come on. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but then uh, with Chase from uh, Cincinnati, he didn't have a good preseason, and then he turned it on during the season. <laughs> yeah. And they I'll weren't say. there to make it or trying to like say, well, he's going to have trouble with drops because there's no stripes on the ball and everything. And, you know, dude went out there and, you know, just obviously balled out. So, right. Yeah. All right, oh, McKinney. Speaking, oh, yeah. sorry. So no, speaking you- of, you never know until the lights turned on. When Kyle Sloter got um, signed by the Vikings when Kirk was off with his COVID thing, there was a, I think it was his dad who had an article that was written about him that was shared and it talked about his journey through college. So I, and it was like, he was exactly that. Whenever the lights turned on, he came on. And I love preseason Kyle Sloter. Like, Put him in the fourth quarter and you win. Like if I w- I should have bought a slaughterhouse when they were selling him. I love the kid. Is he someone like, has he ever been given like a real chance? Cause they always talk about, he like in college, he was when the lights turn on, he performed, but he's, I don't, I didn't follow him after the Vikings. Like I said, I'm a Vikings person looking for an AFC team, but has he, is that someone, does he show, would he show potential? He was always just a practice squad type guy. He had, op- I mean, he was always essentially either rostered or, you know, in the, did he spend time in the AAF or um, whatever those type of leagues? Um, I always kind of envisioned him in that like Taylor Heineke type mold where if he had a, a shot, he might actually wow some people. Now he's not going to be perfect at times, but he's going to show that he's capable of playing um, under the right circumstance. Um, and obviously Taylor Heineke had his in with Scott Turner in Washington. And if it weren't for him trying to kick his door down um, on a drunken night, um, you know, he would have been the starter when, uh, when uh, Teddy went down. Um, so, you know, good, good for him that he's getting that opportunity, um, <clears throat> opportunity out there in Washington. But, uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's always weird that teams don't take a shot. Like, like I know he was on the lions, but you'd think that there's a team out there who's starting, you know, again, nothing against Fitzpatrick, but you bring in Fitzpatrick, the start of that type of guy. It's like, throw a dart at one of these young guys with potential and see what happens. So he's been with the Broncos, the Vikings twice, the Cardinals, the Lions, the Bears, and the Raiders. So you'd have to assume that seven different coaches just don't get it. That's that's right. my beef. That seven oh, yeah. coaches are wrong. <laughs> yeah, like it's the one time that's yeah. a diamond in the rough. All right, so let's wind down on this topic, Bryant. I want your, your, your best or favorite Chavis story for the group. Oh okay. man, don't tell him the real story, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna man. tell him the one we just talked about. Yeah. Um I was in New York for I was in New York for the draft. <laughs> I was in New York for the draft to get drafted. And Corey just happened to be in New York as well. I hadn't I hadn't seen him or ran into him. Just so happy he ran into Michelle. And he approached Michelle, he tried to talk to Michelle. Didn't know that was my mom. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> And then later on, we see him on TV. He was up there doing, you know, some announcing on TV. And my mom said, that guy's your teammate. He tried to talk to me. (laughs) (laughs) That was funny. All right, Corey, what is your rebuttal to that? Awesome. I have to admit, um, and I I, want to say this respectfully, but uh, yes, I did try to holler at (laughs) (laughs) 
I have to. I have to be. I have to be honest. I, I can't go. <laughs> so bad. But you you didn't know who it was. No, no, I didn't. And I just and and she kind of was like, boy, you know. <laughs> And I was like, wait a minute, hold on, now let me finish. She's like, no, you are finished. <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh, that's great. awesome. And then I didn't find out about it later on. So needless to say, I mean, uh, we were able to talk it over, a good drink and get by. <laughs> but it was definitely, uh, I definitely tried to holler at her. And, uh... <laughs> All right, so I don't know if that can be topped, but Corey, I need your best McKinney story. Oh, man, golly, this is going to be tough, man. I got a lot of them. All right, let me think of the best one. Um, I would probably have to say he probably won't even remember this, but like <laughs> I'll never forget it. We were at this club one time, right? <laughs> and he had a dance off with And I think it might have been, I think it might, I think it might have been in Miami. And I'm talking about <laughs> this the seriousness on his face, what he wants, because you know, he can dance, you know what I'm saying? It's not like when he dances, it's just like, I mean, he's one of the best dancers that you would ever see. So he had this dance off, but I'm talking about he got serious and just clowned the other person. And I was just rolling so hard, man. I'll never <laughs> But it was kind of regular, so I, I guess it could be which time. But this specific time, which I can't even tell you the date, I mean, it was like everybody kind of cleared it out. You know what I'm saying? We're going back to like to dance. And it's one-on-one. Like, so, and they, they were going at it like a battle, like a boxing match. It was pretty funny. And you remember that, Bryant, you said. I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a frequent. Do you still do this? No. <laughs> You're tired from that, too? Definitely early in my career. <laughs> Hey, but you said you was playing tennis though. So if you play oh, yeah, tennis, tennis, you still got the footwork. <laughs> yeah, still got it in there somewhere. All right. A lot of tackles got to have footwork. I'm gonna start right? calling Boris Becker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, listen, uh, Cora and Corey, we appreciate you uh, joining tonight. We hope that you'll you'll remember us and you'll come back sometime, perhaps this summer or something. I had a blast. Cora, you have an incredible name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Especially the first three letters. I appreciate yours as well, too. Oh, that's what's up. Uh, we, we're definitely uh, in the same ballpark. I love it. Hey, Corey, right. one last question for you. With the Combine coming up starting tomorrow, what are some under-the-radar names, um, any position, just guys that you are high on that, uh, that we should uh, keep an eye out for? Man, I I tell you, like uh, a couple of guys that I that I just want to see. I can't wait to see Daxton Hill from Michigan work out. Uh, I hope he works out. He's somebody that that I think is gonna really really shock. Well, I don't know if he'll shock people because they probably already know. Uh, but he's gonna have. Uh, I want to see Troy Anderson from Montana State. I just want to see athletically uh, what he does. He's got to be somebody that's. I think uh, I think he'll surprise some people with just his raw athleticism. Um, and then offensive line-wise, I want to see what Bernard Rahman does out of Central Michigan. Uh, used to play tight end up there. And uh, I want to see, you know, just his movement in terms of just, you know, maybe he can potentially uh, run under five seconds in the 40-yard dash. I, I would like to see a big man do that. 
Okay. All right. Well, on that note, we are out of time. And again, Cora, Corey, thanks for joining us. And that's all we all we got Thank tonight. Thank you very much. And Skull Vikings. Skull. Later. Yes. It seems to me she had the started smiling so i handed her this bathing suit and told her to try it replying why with the light brown eyes i'm shopping for a lady friend about your side she put it on so i paid for it and then i told her she could keep it then i walked out the store this our secret the people made it down the hall she came running bags about to bust blouse wrinkled but still stunning without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.